Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Think common sense. It would make sense that a big amplifier would sound better, but that's not the case. A small amplifier sounds better in the studio than does a huge amplifier on stage. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you have a difference between volume and tone. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. What's the name of the dog that's lying down there by your feet? Bessie Burns. Oh, Bessie Burns. Now, Bessie, don't make any... She's asleep, isn't she? Already. I tried talking to an asleep dog. This is going to be a little technical show, and the reason I say that is because if you remember, not too long ago, I did a show about the fact that I built an amplifier cabinet. And yeah. I talked about watts and that kind of stuff. And the, the thing that made me interested in building a cabinet was the fact that I had a 100-watt Fender amplifier. And then my buddy Bill, who I played in a band with, he had, I think, 15 watts. Yeah. And he was beating me. Yes, he was. And everybody has it in their head that the more watts, the more strength, the more power, the more what have you. And I learned real quickly as I started talking about wattage and voltage and ohms and things like that. That's absolutely not true. The amount of wattage is only sort of in relation to the sound you want. And if you give the 20 watts or the 15 watts uh, enough space to realize itself without distorting uh-huh. a big enough amplifier yeah. space, then it's going to... I mean, go as loud as just about anything you want it to do. Space inside the box or space where? Space inside the speakers. Okay. If I have 20 watts of a, of a uh, an amplifier and I put it to 20 watt speakers, and once I get that thing up to about 16, it's mm-hmm. gonna it's gonna you know distort what Start have you. Start shaking a little bit. But if I take 20 watts and I run it through speakers that are 75 watts, I can turn it all the way up, and there will be no distortion because those 20 watts are pushing through a 75-watt speaker. It's a little more than that, but do you see the mathematics? I do, yeah. While I was looking at that, and while I was trying to put together a show on that, I ran into a vein of interesting items. And this is what I want to talk about today. And again, it'll get a little technical, but I want to talk about this today. I want to play for you right now the beginning of Layla by Derek and the Dominoes, 1970. Okay. Okay? Sounds like this. There you go. 
Sound tough? Oh, it sounded amazing. Sounds strong. I Espe- love it. Especially when he gets into the chorus. Uh-huh. And, and it just, it it's sounds grit. hard. Right, yeah. Oh, it's hard, yeah. He has to be playing through humongous amplifiers. Yeah. A Marshall stack this big. Oh, a, nice. A high watt stack. A Fender this big with nine speakers and all that. That song was recorded through an amplifier that ran at three watts. Three. Three watts. You're lying. No, I'm not. It was a Fender Champ combo from the 1950s, and it ran at three watts. So here's what I want to do today, and it sounds like a rather weird topic, but if you're at all sort of a tech guy or somebody that introduces yourself to amplifiers and guitars and things like that, you'll find this interesting. And hopefully, if you're not that guy, you'll find it interesting as well. A lot, a lot of songs that you think were recorded with these gargantuan amplifiers were not. They were recorded with little tiny amplifiers. And I'm going to give you all the reasons why recording with these little amplifiers sounds so wonderful. I get it. There's a huge stack of amplifiers live. I can see them every time I go, right? beautiful. Yeah. Let's bring that into the studio. Amen. It doesn't work. Do you know the song by Ted Nugent, Catch Scratch, blah, 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 Ted Nugent, uh, yeah. Cat Scratch Fever? I do. That gotta be 200 watts, Has gotta be, to be Marshalls this big and all that. No, he went through a 22 watt Tolex Fender Deluxe. Why would he do that? I'm going to tell you that today. Well, here's Ted Nugent. We're going to talk about little tiny amplifiers and why most of the biggest songs you know did not come through monster amps because the little ones sound better when they're being recorded here on Rock School. about the use of little tiny amplifiers inside the studio today. Now, do they use them live? No, because there has to be so much more throw. Okay, so that's why I see the big marshals up there on stage live. Well, here's the thing about big marshals. I remember in the 1984 tour with Mm -hmm. Van Halen, he had, it had to be 45 marshal speakers up there. Uh, Marshall cabinets, actually, because the vast majority of them did not have a speaker in them. Really? There was only running two or three that were apparational, and then the rest of them were just for show. Oh, no. I I watched a video not too long ago, and the reason I watched this was because Ingwe Mounstein is coming to Baton Rouge, and I don't want to go 
pay the money to see. So I grabbed a live version. There were walls of marshals. Goodness, you, you got to travel with all that stuff. Right. You could have set up a Houses for Humanity with uh, so many <laughs> Maybe marshals. Maybe did. However, you could see there was only one microphone on one of the marshal cabs, uh-uh. one of the cabinets. So all of the rest of them, now don't get me wrong, they probably it were- good, huh? It did, and maybe they were all operational, but only one of them was being miked to, to go through the PA system, which is how the vast majority of concerts do it today. They throw everything through the PA system. Right. So when you're listening to it, you're not listening to a, a, a guitar cabinet over there, a bass cabinet over over there. So it's it, the house PA system, right, right? It all comes together through that PA and swing then gets thrown out. I remember the two times that the band I was in, Impaired Faculties, played this beautiful place downtown, the Columbia Theater. Yeah. They took my amplifier, my guitar amplifier, mm-hmm. and they turned it around. So it what was do you mean fa- turned it around? It was facing away from the audience. Then they mic'd it. Really? And then that miking came through the PA speaker, and that's how people heard my guitar. Oh, my God. That sounds like a rock school show right there. <laughs> it may very well be. Steve Cropper, who played with Booker T and the MGs and was also one of the main, main people at Stax Records, mm-hmm. he played through a 10-inch speaker, 10 watts. That's it. That's it. That's it. And you'd think... Huge. Well, maybe you don't think huge about him. Joe Perry and Brad Whitford of Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. They recorded the first three albums of Aerosmith on a little Fender Champ. Six watts. No. And, no. And later in the show, I'm going to get into why this seems to work. Okay. Why these little tiny amplifiers in the studio, because you so, so, so want your guitar heroes to be standing in front of a wall of high watts or a wall right, of orange. wall of sound, right? No. Joe Walsh, obviously a solo artist and also the guitarist with uh, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. There's a song he has by Rocky Mountain Way. Wah, womp, womp, womp. It's, it's as cliche and trope a blues riff as you can get. Yeah. Five watts. It says he recorded it on a tiny amplifier that had one eight-inch speaker running at five watts, and there was one knob on it, and it was volume. But when you took this little speaker and put it in an isolation booth Uh and put a microphone right up against the grill cloth, I get it. This is Joe Walsh. He can can afford any amplifier he he wants. But this little tiny thing had the crunch and the sound and the feel. Because when all is said and done, beauty is in the ear of the beholder. And if your big giant amplifier won't do it, but this little five watt piece of junk will. Scary. It wins. Joe Walsh, Rocky Mountain Way. What you're hearing is five watts. Not kidding, here on Rock School.
Okay, coming into the first break, just a little bit early because the songs were long and I would not shut my mouth. Uh, Jimmy Page, the first two Led Zeppelin albums. So strong, so cool, so crunchy, so hard. Sounds like nothing else. Valco made amplifiers, they were 12 watts. That's all they were? That's it. Also, in case you're wondering, Warren Demartini of Rat recorded everything on a little 15-watt Fender. I love Rat. All the, I do too. And by the way, pronounce it rat because there's two T's. rat Now, here's the question. Why? Why does this little amplifier sound so gosh darn good in a recording setting? Now, yeah. you and I are moving to a house. It will be new to us. It's about 50 years old, but we're moving to a new house. And there's a secondary building in the back which you have said to me, Joe, you can have this and you can turn it into a recording studio. Yeah, your dream your dream recording studio. That's right. Now, Rusty and I are going to do it. I'm also going to go get Dave Perricone and we're going to look it through and such like that. But I can tell you I'm going to buy a little tiny 15-watt amplifier, if not that little one that I built. Uh, yeah. And I, that's going to be the main guitar amplifier. That sounds better. We okay. already have we already have it. Why should I not bring in a 200-watt Marshall and Here's the reason. Think common sense. It would make sense that a big amplifier would sound better, but that's not the case. A small amplifier sounds better in the studio than does a huge amplifier on stage. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you have a difference between volume and tone. Okay. A tone is what you want. If you get a nice tone, but you get that tone when it's only so loud, right. that's where you have to stop. Okay. Because if attenuation volume destroys that tone, you got to pull it back. Gotcha. Huge amplifiers that are cranked way up tend to have more presence, which uh -huh. means much more highs, more squeak, more pluck sound where you hear the pick hitting the strings, more squeaks when you move your fingers across the strings and it goes squeak, that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. To get that, you got to crank the amp up to the edge where it's crying. Now listen, you got a 20 watt amp and you got a 100 watt amp. Which will get to the volume that creates that squeak and that pluck quicker? The 20? You bet it will. Yeah. One speaker versus multiple. You bring in a little amplifier with one speaker, and then somebody else brings in an amplifier with four speakers. Now, here's the question. On that one speaker, where do I amplify it? Where do I put a microphone? Oh, in front of it. It's got one speaker. Right. That four by 12, uh -huh. where do I put the microphone? I have no idea. Good question. Because Maybe four microphones? No I matter don't know. where you put it, the other three are just throwing right past it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And if you bring in a huge stack, it's going to bleed. The volume's going to go other places. There used to be this thing called the Schultz Power Soak. You know who Tom Schultz is? He's with Boston. He's a guitarist, yeah. songwriter. He created this thing called the Power Soak. When you have a big amplifier, you crank that thing up, there's a point at which it just screams. The problem is turning it up gets louder and louder and louder and you're not able to handle it. Yeah. His power soak allowed you to crank it up until you got that scream and then the power soak would leave everything at the same level and you could turn the volume down. So it would scream and it would cry and it would beg you to quit, <laughs> but it would be half 
as oh loud. Oh my gosh. Okay, does that make sense what I'm talking about? Yeah, it does. Okay, so we're going to come back. We're going to talk about more bands that recorded with little tiny amplifiers, although you listen little to the sound. Little tiny amplifiers. And you, it's got to be a stack of amplifiers. No, man, it's not. Who's listening to us on this radio show? KSKQ in Ashland, Oregon. Fantastic. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Out of the break, Mars Volta and the Stone Temple Pilots both use little tiny amplifiers in the studio. The Stones have recorded all of their guitars on little tiny Fender tweeds, depending tweeds. on right because it had tweed in the front. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on which tweed you have, you're talking anywhere from five to twenty-one watts. Goodness, that's it. Uh, Pete Townsend won't get fooled again. You remember that? Bam, bam, that just about blew your hair yeah. back. A 59 Fender Bandmate, 40 watts. For, 40 watts. That's That seems a lot compared to these other guys. Compared though. to what I'm talking about, right. But let's remember, this is the guy, uh, Pete Townsend is the guy that walked into Jim Marshall's place uh-huh. back in the 1960s and said he wanted a 100-watt amplifier yeah 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 yeah. yeah. steve lukather recorded beat it for michael jackson Mm -hmm. on a 12 watt fender how about that wow kurt cobain's heart-shaped box i get it it's a clean sound and then he explodes into it hey wait i got a new complaint Mm -hmm. it was done in a mesa boogie studio amplifier about five watts Nice. Isn't that amazing? It It, is. It seems like you need so much more from that. Jeff Beck. Mm Mm-hmm. Jeff Beck. Now, Guitar God. That's right. And he's only a guitar god to other guitarists. Isn't that amazing? It is. He should be so much more well-known, but he's the... He's the hired gun, but the thing is, if you play, Jeff Beck gets placed on the, you know, that famous one, two, three, the mm. number one is taller. Jeff Beck is somewhere on that. I know. One, two, three. Because we ended as lovers back in 1975 from the album Blow by Blow has a tone that guitarists have lost their minds over. How is he doing it? And they set their huge amplifiers to all these different settings because he did it on a little Fender Champ. Aww. We're talking 15 watts. And once again, Fender has the Fender Champ has multiple sections. So when I say 15 watts, it, it could actually be less. Right. But he took all the knobs and he turned them all to the right. That whole concept of, you know, let's, you know, let's put the mic, let's put this here, let's put this here. Nope. Everything. Everything right. Turn it as right as you can. Make that, make that amplifier cry. Oh my gosh. Stop 
playing. And this is what you got. It's Jeff Beck here on Rock School.
Okay, coming into the bottom of the hour, I'm Joe Burns. You are... Tammy Burns. And we're talking about little tiny amplifiers in the studios. I, I played a few of these songs for my buddy, mm-hmm. um, Hayden, and he made the statement that, yeah, I can hear that it's a little amplifier. It doesn't have the overwhelming space. It does sound like it's kind of clipped, like oh, it, really? it doesn't have the push. Oh, so, it doesn't sound that way to me. It, it sounds haunting or, or uh, you know, some hollowness going on. It does, and that's what he says makes the small sound. So what I'm going to okay. do, I'm going to play you one more on a little tiny amplifier, yep. and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to play you a couple that I know for a fact were recorded on huge amplifiers that frighten small children. Okay, I want to hear it. Neil Young used a cranked up Fender Deluxe, once again about 20 watts, calls himself the godfather of grunge, well other people do, but all of his big songs were coming through 20 simple watts. And that seems almost impossible it to does. me. Dave Davies of the Kinks bought a little tiny Ellipco tube amp and electronics shop. Now, everybody knows that he probably put slits with a razor blade into the speaker. Okay. And he got, you really got me. Ooh, what a sound, huh? But he was only coming out at 200 watts. Yeah. Oh, no, pardon me, pardon me. 20, 20 watts. 20 I said 200. That would have blown yeah, the whole show. 20 watts. 20 watts. So that... Was only a twice. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna play it. Listen, yeah, you are. Listen closely. That's only 20 watts. That's Come heavy. on. Yeah, I bet. Who cares how many slits he put in it, right? <laughs> okay, let's do seven days, 70 seconds. Here are the rock and roll dates. May 27th through June 2nd. You got Monday, Tammy. Go. May 27th, 2017. Greg Allman of the Allman Brother Band dies at age 69. May 28th, 1978. David Cassidy is the star in an episode of NBC's TV show, Story. May 29th, 1983, Van Halen get a record $1.5 million to play Heavy Metal Day at Steve Wozniak's U.S. Festival. Actually, it's the Us Festival, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. I said the U.S. Festival. And by, well, the way, by the way, Van Halen was only the high. That made them the highest paid act in the world. Yeah. They were only the highest paid act in the world for about 23 hours. Then the next day, David Bowie played, and they paid him like 0.3 million more because Bowie said, I have to fly over from England, well, yeah. so I need that. Van Halen asked for the same point three, and uh, Steve, Steve Wozniak. Steve said, drop, drop yeah, dead. Drop you live dead. here. May 30th, 1996, Dolly Parton marries uh, uh, Carl uh, Thomas Dean. I got you. 1966. Did I say 19? What did I say? 96. Go I, ahead. I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, she marries Carl Thomas Dean, owner of a asphalt road paving business. And by the way, they celebrated 50 years together back in 2006. May 31st, 2014, Michael Jackson becomes the first artist with top 10 hits in five consecutive decades on the Hot 100 as Love Never Felt So Good reaches at number nine. June, I don't remember that song. I don't either, but it went into the top ten. I think back then uh, we were starting to not care about these things. June 1st, 1934, happy birthday, Pat Boone. Uh, June 2nd, 2006, Muscle Shoals Sound Studio, MSSSSSSSS, is added to the National Historic Register. Yes, it is. Gotta play you something. ZZ Top 
you and I went to see them. Yeah. Now, on stage, now they have their own amplifier brand, but on stage, I'm, I'm thinking it was four four by four cabinets. Uh-huh. So there were 16 speakers pushing out at me. However, when recording, Billy Gibbons only uses a 22-watt Fender Champ. Okay, what does it sound like? Yeah. You know the song LaGrange? Yes. That nice Texas Mexican crunchy uh-huh. blue. 22 watts. No, no, it's got to be coming out of a humongous orange amplifier. It is not. It's coming out of a little tiny speaker. Little tiny speaker. And it sounds like this on Rock School. About to check outside the game. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you wanna go to that whole mile on the range. They got a lot of nice girls. Second rake. Now we're going to continue talking about why on earth one would use a little tiny amplifier on stage. There's also a belief in the recording system that you use the same amplifier to record with that you will use on stage. So when you play it, it has the same tonal quality and things like that. As a matter of fact, Mark Knopfler Uh of Dire Straits goes as far as playing the same guitar on stage that he recorded the song with. Oh, I like that. Is this true? Most people say no because on stage you've got space you have to throw it out to an audience and again you have 10,000 bodies out there which just suck sound away yeah you and I did um, weddings for a little while Uh and we would go in there with our speakers we had these two huge rhino speakers and when there was nobody in the hall we were breaking windows I know then you got 70 people out on the dance floor and we had to turn it up it was crazy right because those little bodies just soak it up sucked up the sound you also have a question of gain Mm -hmm. now let's talk about gain what does that mean there are really generally two amplifiers and look I am talking Mm -hmm. Fisher Price I am making this as simple as possible Thank you. You have a guitar coming in, a guitar signal coming in. There's a guitar playing, there's a, a, a chord. It runs in first to the preamp. Okay. The preamp must turn that guitar signal into a signal that is strong enough for the main amplifier then to amplify it. Okay. Because you remember most guitar pickups are done by... Uh, a magnet Uh so it's a very low signal and I know guitarists are screaming at me right now what about active pickups they have their own power source 
Okay, another show. Right, All right. Slow down. So it comes into the preamp. The preamp turns it into something that the main amp can send it along. And other guitarists are going to yell at me, Joe, there's a, a possibility for you to go amplify, amplify, amplify. Uh-huh, yes, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. I know. Let's just deal with the simple here. Okay. Okay. If you take gain right. with something that is 200 watts, gain, moving the gain is not going to have a tremendous amount of effect upon it. Okay. Whereas if you only have 20 watts, you touch that gain, it's going to change the signal quick. Also, if you have a gain knob and a volume knob, which the vast majority of amplifiers do, right. and you take that gain knob and put it up farther uh-huh. than the amplifier knob, that means you're sending a signal into the main amplifier that's stronger than it's expecting. And it will distort. It will crunch. And that gives you, with that little amplifier, so much more control over that sound. Gotcha. And once again, it's not the volume. It's the it's gain. The so- oh, it's the sound. It's the sound. You want that tone. Presence in the mix. When you deal with a small amplifier, there's a, on every guitar amp, there's these four knobs, low, mid, high, presence. The presence is the very highs. I mean, the way up there is, and you don't need a lot of them because what they do is really bring bring brightness Mm -hmm. to it. And on the little amplifiers, it's, again, a little touch gives you a whole lot more on those giant things. One more thing, with a huge amplifier, you have to isolate it. You can't have the amplifier in the room with the band that's playing. Where do you put it? You're going to have to put it in a little isolation booth. We don't have that, but we don't have another room to put it in, do we? Right. That's why people take amplifiers and turn them around and such. Ah. So if you got 400 watts just blowing out, you're going to take over the drum microphones. You're going to take over the bass microphone. Whereas if you have a little amplifier, you can turn it the opposite direction and it will be beautiful. Okay. Yeah, also, I'm here. I'm also still here, little, dude. Also, little amplifiers have much better clean tones, and I left that one for last because right now everybody is arguing with me, but I think little tiny amplifiers have better clean tones than big giant amplifiers, Ooh. and I'm sticking to it. Don't send me an email Do because it. I'm just going to argue him. with you. Who's listening to us on this here radio station? Right now, it's WOUB in Athens, Ohio. You bet. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, everything you have heard, mm-hmm. Rocky Mountain Way, yeah. Layla, uh, Cat Scratch Fever, right. every song you have heard has been on a small amplifier. We have yet to defeat 40 watts. Yes. And that's only the Who that was at 40 watts. The remainder of the songs I played were anywhere from 3 to 22 watts yeah and again everybody's got it in their head oh you've got a hundred watt amplifier that's going to be so much louder and when i built an amplifier i learned that no that's not the truth (laughs) is that the first time you learned that truth it really is i i was with everybody else i assumed more watts more power more loudness if for me to blow your ears back 
10 watts wouldn't do it. Yeah. I needed 200. I want to make your ears meet in the middle, in the back. And it's not always true. So everything you've heard so far uh-huh. has been on little tiny wattage amplifiers. So what I want to do is play for you something that is recorded on a 100 watt Marshall amplifier 4x12 cabinet, which means four 10-inch speakers in a single cabinet. This that you could you could mug somebody with exactly. this amplifier. Exactly. I got Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson. Ingve Malmsteen, and also What Do You Do For Money, Honey by ACDC. All three of them recorded on those huge amplifiers. Which one do you want to hear, Johnson, Malmsteen, or ACDC? Malmsteen. You got it. This is a wall of marshals. And the thing is, are you sure? Yes, you. there's videos of him recording. All right. It's a humongous, it's going to sound so much bigger than everything else. Let's find out. Here on Rock School. <laughs> So there you go, Ingve Mounstein. As we come into the last break, now everything you've heard is 20 watts, 22 uh-huh. watts or lower. Yeah, there's Mounstein, 100 watts, just blowing out. Was his a better tone? No, you didn't think so. No, a lot of guitarists would argue yes. What did you hear or not hear in his it, tone that the little amplifiers didn't give you? It sounded really high to me. Maybe okay. that's just because of what he was playing, but also all of the other recordings kind of sounded grungy and real. Does it's, that make sense? It sounded more crunchy than distorted. Yeah. That's yep. the way I felt. When I listen to Eric Johnson or I listen to ACDC, I hear a lot more lower mids mm-hmm. and lows, whereas the little tiny amplifiers, I find them just slightly more hollow. But I got to be honest with you, I really have to be listening and when I'm really listening, it could be just me 
trying to pick something out in my own brain. Do you think that's why I don't like him very much? No, you don't like him because he's it's, not... It's complicated. No, no, no. You don't like him because he isn't danceable. No, that's not true. ACDC is danceable. That's, it's too many what notes. What do you do for money, honey? How do you get your kicks? Boom. Step two, three, four. Stop Al- it. Arabis. Keep uh, your day job. I'm a good dancer. Uh, it, yeah, it's too many, too many notes. Too many notes. He is Stop. a technical wizard. So yeah. Let's finish up with one one more when you listen to queen you have to know that you you're listening to brian may playing the red special which was built by he and his father this Uh is not a stock instrument on killer queen he played through an amplifier and you'd think well now it's killer queen i mean they're they're rich young men he can afford anything he wants actually no in 1972, Queen's bassist John Deacon created a little tiny amplifier that he built and soldered together himself. They called it the DC. Oh, my. Now, there are arguments about how many watts it's coming out at, but it certainly isn't 100. We're probably talking 20 or less. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to Killer Queen, well, listen to any Queen song by Brian May, there's that squeak when you move your hands over the fingers. Yeah. Especially in um, We Will Rock You. Da, 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 squeak. Uh-huh. And every guitarist tries so hard to avoid that, and he celebrates it. I like it. So what you have in Killer Queen with that gorgeous solo that, again, sounds like you've got an animal by the neck and it's screaming, please stop doing this. It's not through a giant high watt or a giant mesa or a giant orange. It's through this little amplifier that was put together by John Deacon. It's probably, and again, there's an argument about watts. It's probably going out somewhere between 15 and 25. Why? Because that's stock. That the, thing that I bought is only 20. Yeah. Then why hasn't the world learned from this? These are the best, right? Uh, it depends. Once again, beauty is always in the ear of the beholder. What do you want? What sounds good? If I was recording for real, if there was a a, 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 a record company behind me, yeah, I would try 12 different amplifiers until I came up with the one that I thought was wonderful. See, I went into my last recording studio with my Fender, mm-hmm. and the guy who was in charge of the studio looked at me and said, no, 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 you're going to record that on an orange. Uh-huh. And I said, I've never played through an orange before. I don't even know if I like orange. Didn't matter. I played through an orange. And did you like it? I did. I thought it was a really (laughs) good, strong sound. So we're going to finish with Queen, Killer Queen, and that's going to do it. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. All right. Class is dismissed. She keeps them always in a pretty cabinet. Let them eat cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. A building remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy. And at a time, an imitation you can't take She's a killer queen, gunfire, gelatine, dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed to blow your mind. Recommended at the point, insatiable and appetite. Wanna try? Just like a baroness